Welcome to another edition of the Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. You could follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. And if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, you can subscribe and also leave us a five-star rating to find all of our other podcasts. If iTunes isn't your drink of choice, you can find them archived at soundcloud.com slash FBGP podcast. And also don't forget to check out and subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network located at youtube.com slash football game plan. That's where you'll find all of our updated video content, including our draft prospect rankings, which we will start to roll out this upcoming weekend. So now that we got all of that out the way, today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about some of my quick takeaways from the wide receiver position. I just finished grading the wide receivers. I want to say over 60 wide receiver prospects that I've graded, or maybe 70. Uh, I don't have the exact number right now in, in my hand, but I do believe it's a little bit over 70. And we break the receivers down into four different parts. The split ends, which are your X receivers, your flankers, which are your Z receivers, slot receivers, and also inside receivers. We like to call them the F receivers, like your bigger slots are, are guys that may not be fast enough to be your traditional slots, but may not have the speed or explosiveness play on the outside, but they definitely do well on the interior. So we call those F receivers or inside wide receivers. Now, you don't have to necessarily be a a bigger, slower guy, so to speak, to play on the inside. You can be a, a shiftier guy. Your skill set just may dictate where you play. That's why we grade them differently because you can't just grade wide receivers uh, as one unit. And we've done this for the last four draft cycles. You can find those rankings and how we go about grading and how we explain what the positions mean on our website at footballgameplan.com slash scouting. Now, we're going to get to some of the top grades right quick. And starting with the split ends, your X receivers, we have a tie. And you're going to hear this is the common theme for the for these takeaways. We have a tie between Christian, Christian Kirk of Texas A&M and James Washington of Oklahoma State. Those guys graded out with the same grade to me uh, at the top spot for the split ends, your X receivers. I just love the explosiveness. I love the consistency within their game. And I love the physicalness that they play with as well on the outside. And both guys have that home run hitting capability and tremendous hands. So they graded out very high for me at the split in position. Christian Kirk is one that a lot of people will probably raise their eyebrows at. But every time I saw an AM game prior to breaking down his film fully, uh, this guy was always making big plays. And remember, when he got there, there was already another talented playmaker on the roster in Speedy Noyle. And he made him an afterthought and essentially made him a non-factor in that offense. Kirk is a guy that plays a lot like Odell Beckham Jr. Actually, that's who he reminds me of when he was coming out of LSU. A lot of people weren't high on Odell Beckham. We had a first-round grade on him. Same thing with Christian Kirk. Both guys have that game-breaking ability that can take a slant, a long way. They can play the deep game. They can play the intermediate game. They also can help out in the pinch. In the return game, you see the Giants do that with Odell Beckham. It's a breaking case of emergency type deal where they need a big play in the special teams department. And here comes Odell Beckham back to return a punt. That's what Christian Kirk brings to the table. I think he has that type of ability. And James Washington is another one of those guys that he just plays like a pro. I know a lot of people became big fans of his down at the senior bowl and rightfully so. But when you watched him throughout the course of his collegiate career, he was doing the same things in Stillwater that he was doing down there in Mobile. A guy that tracks the football very well great hands, and also has good acceleration within his route. And he's listed at 5'11", but he has the arm length and hand size of a guy that's like 6'15", right? So that's why he's, his comparison for me was Chris Chambers. I just love the way he catches the football. I think he's a tremendous wideout. Don't overthink this. This is a guy that can play 
at the next level and be a star from day one. The top flanker, we have a three-way tie with Calvin Ridley, Cedric Wilson of Boise State, and this one may be a surprise to some, but this guy's a he's a heck of a football player. You just hope that the off-the-field stuff is now behind him and he can keep his nose clean and stay on a straight path. But Antonio Callaway of Florida at 5'11", 195, this guy I think has a tremendous but it has a tremendous upside as far as what he brings to the table as a skill perspective. I have him graded as a flanker, but to be honest, he can play in a slot. He can play a split. He can also play the flanker position. So I think he's very versatile. He has the, the, the great hands that you want. He has good game-breaking speed and explosive speed. That's why I have him as a flanker. You could put him on the move and take advantage of that on the move. I like that position for him. Uh, I think Callaway just – he just has to answer those questions about his off-the-field stuff in, in order for a team to feel comfortable. Now, where I have him graded doesn't mean he's going to get drafted high because of that off-the-field stuff, but his talent, on and all I'm doing is grading talent because I'm not talking to these guys or don't have access to the medicals or things of that nature, but just from a film perspective, he's a heck of a football player. Calvin Ridley, you you, you have to do a little bit of projection with him. Um, with, with him, you really got to focus on the skill set, the technique, the what he can do from a, a route running perspective, how's his athleticism, all of that you look for with Ridley because of the passing offense or lack thereof he came out of at Alabama. I think he is a, a phenomenal receiver as well. Um, good game-breaking speed. Some may, <clears throat> some may compare his game to a Marvin Harrison. I don't think he's that dynamic. Um, but I can see why they're both that slender frame type of receiver. But I love how he's able to subtly sneak past the defense and get skinny on certain routes to where he can protect himself and also protect the football. Cedric Wilson, Wilson to me, plays the same game as Calvin Ridley. I think he's probably a little bit more polished. And, and what he brings to the table, he, he probably doesn't have the speed that Ridley does, but Wilson has the game that Ridley does. And I think both of those guys, and all three of those guys actually, are excellent options at the Z position. Inside, there's only one guy that has the best grade for the slot receivers, and that's Deshaun Hamilton out of Penn State. You talk about route running, you talk about his precision, his consistency, his ability to find himself open. That's going to yield itself to a guy that's going to be excellent in the slot. And I also think he has the skills to play the Z and even the X if you want to because of his route running ability. But his slot receiver skills are second to none. He's the best slot receiver by far in this draft class. And the inside receiver, I like Javon Williams out of Georgia. He graded out very high to me. I like how this guy worked his way into a ball player. He was very consistent, has a strong set of hands, and he's able to make those contested catches with ease. He also shows great focus in tracking the football. So whether that's contested catches or going over his shoulder to make sure his feet stay in bounds or laying out for or pass or something like that, Javon Williams definitely brings it down and down out. He grayed out as the top inside wide receiver. Now, some other superlatives that I was able to come away with uh, for this uh, receiver group, again, it's a it's a unique position because you have to really break it down by four. Um, but there are some underrated guys in here. Jamon Moore of Missouri, I think, is a very underrated receiver. You talk about quarterback play tying into the success of a receiver and how people perceive you. If Drew Locke was as accurate as they wanted him to be, probably the reason why he didn't get as high of a grade from the draft committee, and that's why he gone, he's going back to Columbia. But I think Javon, uh, Jamon Moore is 
a guy that's been that was held back a bit by his receivers, by his quarterback's accuracy or lack thereof. His route running is flawless. This guy has quick off the ball, nice explosive burst into his route, and he's always open. Same way how I say Deshaun Hamilton is always open, J.M.I. Moore, I think, is always open. And when you go back down to the senior bowl and you saw him run routes uh, in a controlled setting, you're like, okay, this guy definitely has the it factor as far as his release is all concerned and his ability to explode out of his breaks. I also believe Cam Phillips of Virginia Tech is very underrated. When you look at his film and watch it, okay, this guy is constantly making plays. Oh, he's making this play. That was a great play, great route. I was at the Virginia Tech West Virginia game at the beginning of the season, and he just stood out. Every big pass they needed deep down the field, Cam Phillips was able to make that play go up and get the football at his highest point. I say all that to say when you watch Phillips his entire season and then you realize he played the entire season with a sports hernia, that's impressive. So with that said, yes, he had the surgery, and he's going to wait till he's fully healthy to either compete in the combine or pro day or whatever the case may be. So he may not be able to work out. Hopefully he is. Hopefully he's he's healthy enough by the end of the month to where he can go to the combine or, or be able to participate in the pro day. But when you look at a guy like Phillips and you project him to being healthy, you're going to get a, a really good football player, a guy that can run every route, has explosiveness, is not afraid to, to make the contested catch. I think he can play in the slot or also on the outside. So he's a versatile guy. But he is very underrated in what he brought to the table. Again, the fact that he had that season playing with the sports hernia is very impressive. The best routes, we talked about him before, Deshaun Hamilton. That's That was an easy one for me. I think I've said this before. Uh, clinic tape, when you watch him run routes, that's what I got from Deshaun Hamilton and, and how consistent he was in that situation. I think this is a guy that you can tell takes route running very seriously. And you could tell he worked on his craft because every route, it, there's no deviation. There's no downs off. So he has the best routes and the best hands, I think, are James Washington. He reminded me a lot of Chris Chambers, a guy that has tremendous hands, big hands, one ca- one hand catches, making, you know, one hand catches in the midst of getting harassed by a defensive back. I think James Washington is, is a complete receiver. And I'm excited to see where he's going to go and what team he's going to help win as a rookie. So those are the superlatives for the wide receiver class. And, again, we have a grades on 70-plus receivers. Um, and we're probably going to pick up a few more as the pro day circuit starts to hit, guys that I may not have on my list that will do well in a pro day that will have me go back to watch the tape. The regional combines used to be big for this. I used to go to the D.C. combine, the Baltimore regional combine. Uh, with those combines gone now, you know, you, you probably will have to go to more pro days and see more guys from smaller schools a sign up for bigger school pro days. And so I may add to this list. It may be a little bit over 80 by the time April hits, but this is my, this, this is, these are the guys that I graded that were on my list, both preseason and during the season that I made a list to, to, to watch. Um, that, that is the, the, the names that I have. And that's the number that I've, that I've finished with or wrapped up with. And I also forgot some sleepers. Um, Sam Boyd of St. Augustine's University, he is a physical wide receiver, and this is a guy that can play the X or inside as an F. He's 6'3", 234, um, but moves like a guy that's in a light part of 220s. Um, So he has a a little bit of athleticism with him, big part of their offense. He may even transition to an H-back. So I think he's a name to keep an eye on. He had really good film. 
James Okiki of Wesley, a Division III program. Um, another guy that has upside, 6'4", 225, and you want to talk about big ball of clay, right? He was very productive at Wesley. We had that game, one of their games at the East, the ECAC Bowl game, and he definitely came on. He popped on the screen. It's like, man, this guy is, is a ball. He's a really good player. Um, didn't play in 2016. I thought he was done, graduated, but he uh, took a step back, came back this season, and put up phenomenal numbers. I think he is what they like to call raw, but he has tremendous skill. And that 6'4", 225, that's the type of skill that coaches at the next level will be willing to take a chance on and work with. So those are some sleepers. Sam Boyd out of St. Augustine's Division II program in the CIAA and James Okiki of Wesley, the perennial Division Three powers, the Wolverine, uh, Wolverines coming out of Delaware. Now, when you when you talk about scouting the position, the receiver position, and you know what you look for, you, I always get that question. It's it's easy for me. Is about watching how a guy plays. You learn a lot about a player by how he plays without the ball, especially at the receiver position, which is why a guy like Jester Weah I think is a, a a solid receiver because when I was at the Pitt North Carolina game, he didn't get many targets thrown his way. But watching how he took his craft seriously, how he worked his routes, how he got in position to block, how he was able to, you know, clear out space for another wide receiver that was the option in that passing play. So you watch how guys move without the ball. You also watch how they catch the football. They're surprised by the ball. Uh, we used to call that bad hands where guys don't really catch it. They slap it. Um, it you know, you look at how well he moves, how athletic he is in pursuing the ball or tracking the ball or chasing the ball or even after the catch. So you kind of look at the movement skills of a player. Obviously you look at the hands, hands are important. Um, and I, I think you look at the it factor, which would be situational football. Okay. It's third down. They go to you on third down. Okay. They're inside the red zone. They look for you. Oh, okay. They they're down. They're backed up offenses. They're at the five, the negative five, the minus five. So, they go to you. Do you catch the ball? Do you come through in the clutch? Can you make that 50-50 reception? Those are some of the things that you look for at the receiver position. And as you start to look for those things, that's how you're able to separate which positions are best for certain guys. And when you talk about the state of the position of the wide receivers, I think nowadays with the, the advent of the spread offenses, it's become more of an individual matchup game. You know, I know there's a lot of complementary routes and, and concepts that, you know, one route complements the other. But I, I do believe at its core, it's become a more individual game where guys have to be able to win those one-on-one -on -one matchups. So you really get to isolate receivers and see how well they are uh, in route running, how well they are in getting their head around to find the football, tracking the football, getting their hands up, how quick their hands are as far as getting getting up there and creating a, a way to, to haul in the reception. So I think by that part of it, it's, be, it's great for wide receiver evaluation um, because before you would have to try to project and fit a square peg in a round hole. One of my favorite receivers of all time, Desmond Howard, you look at how he was at Michigan, how he was utilized juxtaposed to how the Redskins try to utilize him as a rookie, and people were quick to call him a bust. I don't think he was a bust. I just think he wasn't used right in that offense. Desmond Howard to me was more of a slot guy maybe more of a Z. They try to make him a an X, you know, and then try to later make him a Z. Uh, and he really couldn't find a good fit for his skill set. But I think that was a guy that you just allowed to freely roam and, and make things happen because he had tremendous ball skills and 
athleticism as far as laying out for the receptions, things of that nature. So I think nowadays Desmond Howard will look a lot better because of how the offenses has have evolved. Um, you talk about Desmond Howard, guys like Jacquez Green, uh, Freddie Millens, um, Rocket Ishmael. I think all those guys were before their time. Peter Warwick would be ideal receivers nowadays. You know, they would be clearly first-round talents because uh, people would see, okay, this is how it seems like it takes something to happen for people to learn. Like, people have to see it before they saw it already, right? So they'll look at it now like, oh, wow, okay, now I know how to use these guys because they were always tremendous receivers, just misutilized at that position. And I think when you're also looking at scouting, you have to understand it's technique over everything. Hands and routes will take you far. That's first and foremost something that you should weigh heavily when looking at wide receivers. Can you catch? Can you get open? Or can you get open and can you catch? Because everything else will fade with time. It's like beauty. You know, you'll get uglier over time. But if you're a good person on the inside, you'll always be beautiful, right? Uh, and just like when you look at basketball players, the reason why certain guys can play to their 40 is because they have great technique. Yes, you may be the outstanding dunker and the most athletic, but if you don't have a jump shot, if you can't shoot free throws, once your athleticism fades and you realize you have no core skills, that's when you're out the league. And that could happen at any point in time. It could happen when you're 22. It could happen when you're 32. But if you're able to consistently shoot, hit free throws, hit that mid-range jumper, rebound and things of that nature, uh, play good defense, you're going to play for a long time. Same with the with the receiver position. Can you run routes? Can you catch? And when you look at the small school guys, you want those guys to dominate. People say that all the time, but at the receiver position, you really have to look like a man amongst boys. You have to look like Randy Moss did at Marshall. And I'm not saying you can't find a little nuance in someone's game um, and, and project, but if you're looking for projection-wise, to the next level because every every level you jump up, it, you you know it becomes a tick faster. Uh, guys are always more athletic. Guys are always almost always faster. So if you're a guy that's playing of the speed of the talent around you, or playing of the size or of the athleticism of the talent around you, then maybe you are not what we would call the pro prospect. You could be a good football player, but not a quote-unquote pro prospect. So you have to really hone in on how and where this guy is dominating and how and where can his skills translate or what position that he can best fit to to where he can go from the Division three level to the NFL because that's a big jump as far as athleticism. You know, talent may be – talent is talent, but it's all about the athleticism. Can the athleticism translate is what most people are looking for when they're looking at small school – uh, prospects and small college prospects. And we're talking about small college prospects. We're talking about guys from the FCS, Division II, Division III, NAIA levels, not guys that play in group of five conferences in the FBS. So that's what we're looking for. That's how we go about evaluating the position. So those are my quick takeaways from this receiver class. There's a lot of good talent in here. I would say looking at the list, uh, I would say the split-in class is pretty pretty tight. I, I, I like the splitting class. Flankers are, are are solid. Slot receivers, you have a lot more options. Um, as far as, let's say you don't get a Deshaun Hamilton, there's a bunch of other guys in this, this group uh, 
that you could feel comfortable with working over the middle of the field or working in short areas and things of that nature. The inside receivers are, are what they are, guys that can win quickly over the middle, guys that are your bigger options, um, that have big bodies, that can catch, that do a great job of shielding themselves from the defender in the football. Um, but I think the best out the four, I would say the split ends. I think when you look at the grades from the split end group, and see the skill set that these guys have, you'll be more impressed at, at how deep that group is. So I, I graded out 16 split ends, 19 flankers, 16 slot receivers, and 14 inside receivers. So just quick math, that's 30 plus 35. So 65 receivers. I said over 70 early, but my math was off. But now it's correct. So 65. So 65 receivers in total. Now we move on to the tight ends. But like I said before, we're going to start rolling out the quarterbacks and running back videos this weekend. I'll start breaking down the tight end prospect later this afternoon. So, again, follow me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash FootballGamePlan. And always make sure to leave us a five-star rating here on iTunes. Search Football Game Plan Podcast.